Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is usually not longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So the sort of topic for today's episode is going to be, I guess, subscription school with underscore um, and talking through some recent things that I've learned in my understanding and kind of the way that a subscription business works. Now, is the school itself subscription price and can I get a free trial? Um, I suppose everyone is on a free trial right now. <laughs> if, you, if you listen past five minutes, we'll automatically bill you $25,000 for the year of school. <laughs> there you go. Oh, God, school is much more expensive than that now, isn't it? It is. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Now, thankfully, under the radar is you know is, 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 so far at least if there is a trial limit, we haven't quite reached it yet. Even if at episode two hundred and sixty, so who knows? Maybe at some point we'll reach our trial limit, but we have not gotten there yet. Yes, we. This podcast itself is not a very good business, but no. <laughs> hopefully, you'll learn some lessons here to make your business better. Yeah. Yes, you need a better LTV than uh, than we have. Yes. Um, but yes, so it's like subscriptions, and I think what's interesting with subscriptions is that they are in this context. In, in the context of like a subscription, as people sign up, give you money, and then agree to give you money into the future. Um, and the kind of subscription model that we're talking about here is mostly going to be obviously like app subscription, where so, you know there's some subscription inside of your app and you use it, and that's great. But I think it applies to functionally to any kind of business where that's the case. So it could be doesn't have to be just software subscriptions, but the, the general terms will apply to that. And I think it is increasingly becoming a uh, the predominant model for monetizing software applications. You and I both use it um, in our applications. It's increasingly just kind of becoming the norm. And that is for a lot of you know really good reasons that it provides a kind of consistent uh, – reliable input stream to your business that you can predict and plan for. It lets you align the kind of like value that people are receiving from your application with the income you generate from it, which is great. Like there's lots of things that are great about it. Um, but the kind of logistics of subscriptions are more complicated than, you know, and if you go back to the kind of old, more classically used paid upfront model, that was straightforward. Like user gives you money, you give user app, and that's that. There's no kind of ongoing calculations and predicting and forecasting and things that you need to worry about. The only thing you could really look at is like how many new purchases you have each day. Like that's really all there is. And so, um, but with subscriptions, things get complicated. And recently I've gone on a journey of this to try and better understand kind of the fundamentals behind subscriptions and to understand really what's going on there because I was running into some weird issues. But before I get into like my specific thing and the discoveries I had, I think it's probably useful to just start off with just a quick overview of some of the terms I'm going to use um, because, you know, unless you're coming at into software development from like a, an MBA, a business background or uh, kind of that side of things, you may not be as familiar with these terms. So just quickly run through what these terms are and what they they mean. So there's a subscriber. So a subscriber is a person who has signed up for a subscription that is, uh, you know, and then they've agreed to give you money on a regular basis. Um, you often will have something called a trial, which is an initial period um, where someone will sign up for a subscription but not get billed until the trial duration um, has, has elapsed. And related to that, you will have a trial conversion rate 
which is the proportion of your users um, who start a trial who then go on to actually make their first payment. So that's your, your trial conversion rate. Um, following on to that, you have your retention rate or your churn rate. And these are ex- is ex- sort of exactly the same things, just sort of one minus the percent the other way around. So the retention rate is the percent of people you keep at each renewal period. And the churn rate is the percent of people that you lose at every um, subscription period. Essentially, this is very much the kind of like cup half full, cup half empty kind of a difference. There's no actual uh, functional difference here. And uh, these rates are us- can be applied at various points in a subscription. So you may have like your overall churn rate, which is kind of the weight, the average of your various – at various renewal periods. Or you may say like what's your, you know, your first month re- uh, churn rate? What's your – you know, three month retention rate. Uh, these are just terms that you can do to kind of look at the data in slightly different ways. But ultimately, you're just trying to work out how many people are you keeping or how many people are losing, depending on which side of it uh, you're trying to understand. Um, the next term is MRR or ARR, you'll sometimes hear it referred to, which is monthly recurring revenue or annual recurring revenue. It's not like a pirate thing. Arr. Yeah. Arr. I'm sure That's... a million people have made that joke in various like growth hacking and marketing meetings in every app company everywhere. I, I, I am pretty confident that is true. I think there is even actually a <laughs> thing in this where people refer to pirate metrics. Where oh, no. It's like ARR and retention rate. So... A R R R R. Oh no! I'm so sorry to the world. Yes. So <laughs> I've run into pirate metrics as a as a thing. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 these are just essentially if you take like how many how much money you could expect to make in a month based on your number of subscribers and your the amount of money that they're going to give you. And so this is just a way to kind of predict what this is going to be. And the nice thing about you know MRR and ARR is they tend to be somewhat like predictable because you have, you know, they're based largely on the size of your subscription uh, subscriber base. So you can sort of predict what these values are. And so they tend to be things that are, are, are nice to, to use for forecasting and planning purposes. Uh, the next is LTV or long-term value. So this is how much income you will expect to receive from a particular user over the lifetime of their use of the app or the lifetime of their subscription. Um, and typically LTV values are have some kind of a window to them because obviously like you can't predict it's like what is the long-term value of this this you know of the, this customer on an infinite time time scale like that doesn't particularly make sense or is logical so you'll tend to say something like a on a 24 month time scale how much income would you get from a, a user what's the 24 month ltv um so that's just sort of something to keep in mind and it's useful for getting a sense of you know how valuable is a new subscription to you because while they may you know say you have a subscription that's a dollar 99 a month their value isn't a dollar 99 it's a, you know a dollar 99 plus the $1.99 times essentially how many times the average user will renew. Um, and so you kind of can do some math to work that out. Um, and that's useful for another metric, which is your CAC or your CAC, your consumer acquisition cost, which is if you have costs in order to acquire a user, so say through advertising or affiliate marketing or some 
method of acquiring them that costs you money. Um, it's you can that is how much money you are spending to acquire a user, which ideally you obviously would expect to be ideally less than the long term value of that person, so that you are making money rather than spending. You know, if you're spending ten ten dollars to acquire a user and they are worth five dollars to you, you are losing money on every subscription. Um, so that's not a good place to be. Um, and lastly, uh, is just price. It's just worth sort of mentioning that in, in all of these things, you tend to have some kind of price that you assign to a, to a subscription. Um, in Apple's case, then there's also the proceeds rate that will get applied to that. Um, and so you kind of, your, your revenue or your proceeds is the thing that's actually valuable. I think some people, you know, like depending on where you are, like I know revenue cats MRR is before Apple's cut. Um, but I always think of MRR as the after Apple's cut version, just because that's what actually matters to me, like the fact that there's this bigger number that it, maybe if I was trying to like, you know, put it in a pitch deck and get funding or something would be useful. But, you know, for the purposes of what's actually going to hit my bank account, I tend to think of MRR on a proceeds basis rather than on kind of a gross basis. Yeah, it's probably better to th- like, it's not good for your psychology and mental health if you see how much Apple's making more frequently than you need to. No. <laughs> Yeah. And so that's so hopefully that's a helpful kind of just like a quick overview of the terms involved here, because I definitely didn't know all of these when I started. And I would be reading something or hearing something talking about subscriptions and these terms would come up and I didn't know what they meant. So hopefully as I kind of dive into where I'm going from here, that's a good place to kind of lay the groundwork. We are brought to you this episode by Clean My Mac X. Make sure you can trust your Mac. The Mac is a crucial tool for work, education, and life. And MacPaw is on a mission to help machines help you. So they developed Clean My Mac X, an ideal decluttering app for the Mac that can keep it in tip-top shape. So what exactly does it do? Clean My Mac X includes 49 tools to find and delete invisible computer stuff, junk, files, you know, and it helps to tune up your Mac so it runs at its maximum speed. So it organizes your disk space. It shows you large hidden folders. so You can free up tons of space so your Mac never runs into issues with storage. It also fights Mac-specific malware and adware and protects your computer from them, and it prevents a Mac from cluttering, lagging, and slowing down. Clean My Mac's all-new menu app helps you take care of your Mac's health with six detailed monitors that provide useful information about your Mac's storage, state of protection, CPU performance, RAM, battery, and network speeds. And Clean My Mac X is notarized by Apple and is also available in the Mac App Store, so it's been checked for security. And it really stands out in its design. In 2021, Clean My Mac was honored with the Red Dot Award, UX Design Award, and has become a Webby Award nominee this year. You can get Clean My Mac X today with 5% off at macpaw.app slash radar. This discount is only valid for two weeks, so go now to macpaw.app slash radar for 5% off. And one final note, despite the war in MacPaw's home country of Ukraine, the team have worked hard to make sure there's no disruptions in the support and development of Clean My Mac X. The product is stable, safe, and secure. So our thanks to Clean My Mac X for their support of Under the Radar and all of Relay FM. So what, the next thing that I want to talk about, and this is the discovery that I made, which is not a new thing. This is one of those, it's not, you know, I, I went on this long kind of journey of discovery and ended up discovering that it's a well-established body of work and is a very known thing in subscription management, but um, I didn't know it. And so I'm <laughs> sort of want to talk about it here in case other people are in the same place. And this is sort of the concept uh, I have heard many people refer to it as carrying capacity, um, which is an e- sort of an ecology term for, you know, if you imagined, you know, sort of how many birds could live 
within a particular forest. There's a limit to that where, you know, the resources of the forest can only support so many people or so many birds. And in this case, in the context of subscriptions, it's this concept of, you know, what was strange initially when you start a subscription business, the first, say, year, what you will often see is this wonderful kind of growth in your revenue every month. And it's delightful. I got to say it just it feels super cool that, you know, the first say you had, um, uh, you know, 100 new subscribers a day. Yeah, say, say that's that's your that that's your thing. You so then the first month, you're like, wow, I have 100 subscribers. And then the next month, you know, I have, you know, say 190 subscribers. Wow, that's 90, you know, I'm increasing by 90. And then you go up again and again. And it feels like your subscribers are just always growing. And there's this wonderful growth period that feels really awesome. And then what I was finding in my, in my apps and specifically in Widgetsmith, because it's now, you know, over two, it's like two and a quarter years old, um, with a subscription, wow. I would get, I was at this, yeah. Time yeah, flies during a global it pandemic. Sh- <laughs> it sure does. Yeah. But so it's like, it's two and a quarter years old. And what, what I was running into, and you've, if you've been paying attention to, you know, under the radar for a while, I've been doing a lot of work to try and increase my, you know, revenue from that app. I've been doing you know, optimizations to my paywalls and changing things inside the app and moving features around and like doing lots of work to try and, you know, get to, to have it continue to grow. Because what I was finding is it was incredibly stable and you know, sort of anything I did seemed to have almost no effect that like no matter I would make these changes, I would increase my turn, uh, my conversion rate and my paywalls, you know, increase my trial starts and it was just not doing almost anything to my overall, like how much, you know, my MRR, my overall revenue that I could get. And it was driving me crazy. Like, what is going on here? How am I, how is all this work not actually translating? And so what I found though, is that's like, okay, what I need to do is I need to work out kind of modeling into the future. What's going to happen if I make improvements or changes to my app and, you know, so I built a tool, um, and a little brief, brief aside here. So I wrote it, I built this tool. It's, it's this terrible little Swift UI thing. It's, it works, but it's not great in any way. It was made purely for my own purposes, but because you under the radar listeners are a special group of people, the world exclusive URL to download this tool, if you wanted to play with it, will be in the show notes for this episode. It's be nowhere else. Um, and if you, if you want to try it, try it and play with it, understand you are doing so completely without warranty or, uh, any expectation of it working or being accurate in any way. But because I like you and I want you to be able to play with it while I'm having this conversation, it'll be in the show notes. Um, in case you do. But anyway, so what I built it has is a, a tool. really great app icon, by the way. <laughs> It does. It's, it's quite fun. Um, anyway, so I built this little tool and what it does is it lets me say, okay, how many subscribers do I have today? How much do I cost? Do you know, what is my price for the, uh, my subscription? How many daily new trials do I have? How many of those trials do I retain? And then what is the retention rate that I have in my first month, second month, third month, fifth month, sixth month, and then, you know, sort of thereafter. And it'll draw a graph showing, you know, what, what your subscriber base will be in the future. And the thing that I discovered is that for a given set of those values, there is a ceiling, like a maximum subscriber base that you can ever have that you cannot grow beyond, um, which was very counterintuitive to me, that there is this sort of natural limit that you would think, well, it should grow, you know, sort of indefinitely. 
But the reality, and this is the sort of the insight that I didn't wasn't intuitive to me, but now that I see it, I can understand it. Is sort of as you're going, every subscriber you have, you know, will have a retention rate at some you sort of applied to them, and it sort of continues on in the future. And the longer you have a subscribe a subscription in the market, at some point, the weight and kind of the size of the existing subscriber base that you have and the you know even if it's you're retaining most of them like i think my long term uh, s- uh retention rate is like 95% which feels pretty good that's like, great i think i mean that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah like i thought i had the same thing like it sounds great but it meant that there is still a limit where after two and a quarter years retaining and you know losing 5% of those people is starts to dominate the any amount of growth that I could get from new subscriptions and you end up with this ceiling and like you can see it in like in this tool you put in your numbers and you will kind of show you where that limit is and that's was surprising and but it also was kind of like reassuring as I was going through this because it meant that I wasn't like losing my mind and that you know all this effort I was doing wasn't actually making that much of an impact because you know the changes I was able to make were relatively small you know, I could increase my daily trials by 10% or 20% or something like that. And that feels like it should be a meaningful change. Like, wow, I'm getting 20%, you know, more people starting uh, a trial now than I, than I used to. But the reality is, it's like the weight of the existing people who are subscribing. That is where, you know, that, that is what's determining my overall subs- uh, subscriber uh, base far more than any change that I could make in this, you know, in the short term. Um, and so, it's just kind of an interesting difference. And I don't know if that's wasn't, if you would have, that would have been intuitive to you, Marco, but it was definitely not intuitive to me that there would be a ceiling like this. I mean, I've always seen my subscription revenue plateau off like this. Um, I've never really understood why it did that. I just kind of assumed, okay, that's just what subscriptions naturally do. And I mean, look, I'm, honestly, you see the same thing with like, audiences with things like how many people listen to you to my podcasts how many people you know subscribe to my blog or or follow me on a social network like i see the same pattern in all of those things which is you know when something first launches and is getting traction or you know is is first you know for some reason getting attention you see a nice upward you know upward movement and then it slowly curves off and kind of seem and seems to approach a certain natural limit and then it just kind of it just kind of stays there. Ideally, I mean, sometimes it goes down over time if things aren't going super well. Um, but it just kind of stays in that in that kind of upper limit range and never really gets like to the next level, the next order of magnitude, or you know, never like doubles from that point or whatever. And so it, it seems like this applies to pretty much anything where you're kind of looking at ongoing attention or ongoing money, where. You do at some point, you know, you, you, you launch, you go up, and then at some point, the the rate at which you're losing people or churn, you know, like the, the rate of churn is at some point kind of keeps things in equilibrium with the rate of new, new people coming in. And you just kind of – you have this kind of natural limit or at least a, this kind of range that you stay in. And it's very, very hard to ever break out of that unless you have some kind of dramatic change in – why people would would come in in the first place and and so this is this is how this is how the 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 total you know subscriber numbers or listener numbers or followers this is how it looks for everything i do yeah and i think that's it's just interesting to me to confirm with math 
that that observe because I had the same observation that it seems like it, you always you always end up in this steady state, um, and it's very hard to get out of. And I think it's interesting to see to like start to understand the math behind it. Um, and it, in some ways, for me, that was like a relief that it's like okay. So what it means is that for all I can, you know, I know the inputs and I can determine what the output of those inputs would be. So if I increase my daily trial starts by 10%, I can predict almost, you know, sort of mathematically what the end result is going to be, what kind of a change that's going to be, you know, is that where I should be putting my effort or should I be putting it into retention? Which one of those things is going to give me a bigger long-term um Value and I, th- I think something here that's is worth mentioning is the ace like my tool which you can you're, you know I said you're welcome to play with will do this in a much more detailed way where you know I let you break down these retention rates you know by the first six months and you can do you know input a bunch of different variables and try different models but a an equation if you sort of wanted to left this conversation with a single equation in your mind is that if you take the monthly subscription starts that you have and divide that by your churn rate. So, you know, say you had 3000 people start in a month. So you have about a hundred a day and your churn rate was 25%. Um, you know, 3000 divided by 25 will give you whatever your, uh, maximum like that, that is your ceiling. So in this case, it'd be like 12,000 is the number of subscribers that you would expect to be able to have. And that's just math. Like that is just that version of it is very straightforward. And like what my model is doing is make, you know, sort of letting you tweak rather than just like one bundled churn rate. It's letting you apply different churn rates to different cohorts, you know. So this is something that I see very much in my own app that you have very different retention rates for different months. Like my month one retention rate is about 65%. But my long-term one was 95%, which sort of makes sense intuitively that there's a group of people who start the, you know, start the subscription, start using it. It's not for them. They cancel it. But if you've done that, if you've, if you have renewed your subscription, you know, for seven, 10, you know, in this case, some people could have been renewing for 24 months in a row. Like it's pretty likely you're going to keep doing it um, at that point because clearly it's become a part of your workflow. It's something that you find value in. And so it becomes, you know, sort of useful. And so that's kind of a slight difference. But, you know, so if you wanted to just do a basic number, just take your monthly subscription starts, divide it by your monthly churn, that'll get you in the ballpark. Or if you want to get more detailed than that, you need, you know, kind of to actually do uh, some modeling to it. Um, But I think there is something just interesting about understanding that. And I think what it means, once you get a sense of that formula, you start to understand. So if you wanted to say double your number of subscribers, you means you either have to double the uh, monthly sub- your, your your monthly subscription starts. You know, if you think of the equation, you can if you wanted to double the other side of it, you have to double the numerator or half the denominator, essentially. So you either have to half your churn rate or double your subscriber starts, um, which is a pretty meaningful change. You know, to to if you wanted to you know if you if you wanted to end up in that kind of a place, you know, going from a hundred daily trials to two hundred daily trials is not going to be an easy thing to accomplish necessarily. But that's the kind of thing that you would have to do in order to, uh, you know, to, to double the overall subscriber count that you had at the end. Man, that's. I mean, it, it's good to actually have this be like you know, first of all, codified and and understood better. And it's good to have this tool to be able to, um, you know, plug in different values easily and see it over time because. You know, this is you know I don't do a lot of very structured or calculated 
you know, growth hacking or revenue optimization um, or, you know, marketing really of any kind, <laughs> um, you know, to a fault, I would say. Um, and so, I, you know, whenever I do something or think something about like, hey, maybe I should do this for my business, usually it's just kind of shooting from the hip, you know, and I, I just have some kind of gut feeling or some kind of idea, oh, maybe I should try this. Um, and it rarely results in what I think will happen. Um, usually my successes and failures, uh, whatever they, whatever they're going to be come as a surprise to me in both directions. (laughs) And so, and, and I think it's, you know, again, it's largely because I'm not really that interested in thinking in these, in these analytical ways in a lot of these topics. Like it doesn't come naturally to me to think analytically about business the way this does and and the way you kind of need to, if you're an indie sometimes, um, and it's hard because some of these decisions are, um, I would say, difficult to if, – if you have a the, – the standard indie mindset that I have most of the time, which is like, I'm just going to make a nice thing and and the business will come. Um, that I mean, that does work to a degree for a time, sometimes, <laughs> you know? And so you can you can think that way and operate that way. And in many cases, it'll, it'll work for you. But – in in so many like so many times where like I've made some kind of small to me tweak to the business model and then all of a sudden my money goes way up or way down and it's like oh man I I probably should be you know putting more analysis and calculation into some of these decisions um, so it's it's good to you know first of all it's good to have somebody like you in our in our space here to to be that person a lot of times when we aren't um but but it's also it's um it's nice to have tools like this and and concepts like this to know how to make more analytical decisions and and what to expect and kind of and kind of what's possible and so if i'm looking at this and i'm saying you know hey if i want to you know meaningfully get this curve up or or raise the ceiling here I'm going to have to get more people in the door in the trial stage or, or in, you know, in the, in the, you know, download stage or whatever it ends up being. Um, and that's difficult. Like that, that, that might require paying for more search ads or paying for marketing somewhere. Um, and that can be very expensive. And then I have to price that in and it's just, it, it becomes so much more complicated, but, but this is, this is a way that, people like us need to think sometimes we need to be able to make these decisions and be able to look at our businesses and be able to uh you know have to, to be able to make educated decisions and have you know concrete goals and, and concrete expectations that that are somewhere you know somewhere in the ballpark of reality and so this really helps a lot to, to look like to look at this and to think like this yeah no and i think and I hope, i'm glad to hear it's helpful to you but it says like it was something i think for me i think what you're saying the word that is most useful is making it an informed decision mm-hmm. because I feel like so often what I end up doing is I take like the first like two months, say of two, two or three months of data and then just like linearly extrapolate that data. Right. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be amazing. And I can start to like, you know, really invest in something or start to really kind of go after something, expecting it to just like grow indefinitely or kind of viewing it in that way. And that's useful in some ways, but really what it's more helpful is in this case, it's like understand, okay, given the first couple of months or given what kind of industry, you know, averages are, what, you know, where could I expect at a given level and where, you know, what does that mean for, I mean, especially like I one of the most sort of like my favorite parts of being an indie or, be, or and being is that people will, you know, talk, tell me and talk to me about when they go independent 
that, you know, they, they have, they make an app, they put it in the store, they think it's going well and they decide, you know, I'm going to quit my day job and I'm going to go full time. And that's awesome. Like, I, I love those stories. Anybody who's listening to this, if you ever go indie, let me know. I love it. It's just like my greatest joy. But I also want to make sure that when you're going, when you're stepping out on the limb, if you're basing that on numbers, that those numbers are firm and realistic and reliable and predictable. And you're not doing what I do and linearly extrapolate like two or three months and then expecting that to continue to grow and kind of be good into the future. So my main thing here is just be thoughtful about it, be understanding that, you know, there is some, some math behind it. There's some things going on here that, um, that if you understand can be really helpful to you, it can be really powerful as a, a way to predict the future, essentially. And then the great thing about subscriptions is that they are kind of predictable, that you also can, in the, like, the, you know, in the same way that if I say that I have, you know, whatever, a thousand subscribers and my daily trials goes to zero, like you can predict at your current churn rates, like what will happen and how much revenue you'll have over a given period of time, um, which is lovely. Like it's one nice thing about subscriptions is that they have this, you know, they're both resistant on the up, you know, that if I make a change and make a, you know, 10% increase in the number of daily trials, it's kind of, it has a muted impact on my overall subscriber count. But the great thing is it goes the other way. If I have a 10% reduction, there's also kind of a muted, um, immediate, you know, impact on that. And so that's why we love them so much. And it's why, you know, I think I will continue to use them, you know, as my primary monetization scheme going forward. Yeah, I, frankly, I love subscriptions. Uh, like it's, it, it, it matches, it matches what we actually need from the business. As you were saying at the beginning of the episode, like, like, you know, subscriptions give you recurring revenue so that you can keep developing the app on an ongoing basis which is what everybody expects from apps these days anyway um so you know it, it's a, it's a great business to be in and it's really nice to be able to understand it better and that's probably a good place to conclude subscription school with underscore uh, today and i think it's probably one thing i just wanted to quickly mention before we wrap up is that i think marco and i now are almost exclusively on mastodon so we'll have links to our mastodon accounts there so if you wanted to follow up or, or understand kind of what we're going on what we're working on in between the two weeks that we're here that's the place to do it uh, rather than you know other places that we are no longer yeah yeah there's, there's no almost about it i'm exclusively there <laughs> yeah all right thanks for listening everybody and we'll talk to you in two weeks bye